You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Well, good afternoon, everyone. It's been an interesting day so far. We had the uh, so-called technical issues that affected the stock exchange. Took it down for about three hours. Uh, technical issues that affected United's computers. Scrambled flights, made a mess for the rest of the day. Well, that took about two hours to, to fix. And then we had the Wall Street Journal going down, their uh, uh, website going down for a few minutes. And, of course, we have the government and United and a lot of people out there reassuring us that this was not a cyber attack, that this is just a big coincidence. Well, I don't know about coincidences anymore. <clears throat> we have too many of them in this country. We don't know what it was. And this is the problem. Whether it was a cyber attack or not, we will never know if our government is telling us the truth. We won't know if the New York Stock Exchange people are telling us the truth. We won't know if United is telling us the truth. We have this culture in this country now of automatically lying to the American people. No matter what happens, the government is going to try to cover it up if it in any way reflects poorly on Obama and his administration, or if it in any way reflects poorly on big business. Obviously, something went wrong. Something went wrong in three different locations in one morning. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, last night, uh, the anonymous group, which is the cyber hacking group, uh, tweeted out a, a tweet that said, tomorrow could be a bad day for the New York Stock Exchange. We can only hope. Well, they send out tweets like that all the time, but this one's peculiar because of the fact that timing is so close to an actual event, an actual event that occurred, and we don't know why at this point. Stock exchange says technical glitches. United Airlines says, oh, something went wrong with one of our routers. Okay, that's fine, but what caused the technical glitches? What caused the rider to go bad? Why are we not getting full information here? The whole point is, is that it shows how vulnerable this country is to cyber attacks. And Congress has not addressed this issue effectively. The government has not addressed this issue I mean, the fact of the matter is that, and you know, you've heard Kevin Freeman on this show several times talking about how vulnerable we are to cyber attacks. And Kevin is probably the world's foremost expert in cyber warfare, and particularly when it relates to economics. He says the, the banks here are extremely vulnerable. Our electric grid is extremely vulnerable to the point where we've had several attacks in California on our electric grid in the last couple of years. We had the attack on a, actually a nuclear power plant that occurred when our men, and these men have never been caught, never been identified as to who they were, what group they were with, they entered an underground tunnel, cut the phone lines to this nuclear power plant, and then came out and opened fire with automatic weapons on the plant, shooting up transformers, shooting up the plant, causing the plant to be shut down. Now, 
it was not that big a deal as far as we were told because of the fact that the other plants around there and other utility companies immediately picked it up picked up the problem and started supplying power to the people that had lost it but Kevin thinks this was a test run and I couldn't agree with him more this was a way to test our security now let's go to San Francisco San Francisco we have well we have a couple issues in San Francisco right now and I'll get to the one about the uh, illegal alien soon but San Francisco in the Bay Area in the last month or so there have been five or six separate instances where someone has entered underground tunnels and cut internet cables causing the internet to go down to the police department to the emergency services departments of the city uh, internet to go down to businesses they have no clue who's doing this they have not been able to catch anybody they have not been able to stop the attacks Kevin Freeman thinks and I agree that this attack in Los Angeles or in Southern California, I should say, I'm not sure, it was around Los Angeles, on the nuclear power plant, was a test run. I think what's happening with the Internet is also a test run. Because imagine if they can shut down the Internet, shut down communications with emergency services and the public over the Internet that would make it very difficult for an effective response to be made to attacks on the power grid itself particularly if these attacks are physical attacks like the one where they shot it up but we also have people out there with the capabilities to shut down our electric grids around the country by cyber attacks how long that would last it depends on how long how effective the attacks would be but then we have the EMP situation and that's the one that really worries Kevin and I both and that is that if some country like North Korea which has nuclear weapons suddenly has the capability to launch a missile that would set off a nuclear weapon over the United States, it would cause an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, that could knock out our power grids, not for a couple of days, not for a couple of months, but possibly for years. Millions of people literally would die in this country. Think about it. Think about how we rely now on the Internet and on technology for not just our sources of power, but purchase of food, fuel, everything's electric. When you go to the gas station and you pump gas, that gas just doesn't come out automatically. That gas is coming out because it's got an electric pump. That's what's bringing your gas to your car. If that goes down, if the electric grid goes down, you can't get gasoline. Grocery stores will not be able to remain stocked with food and other essentials 
because no, there won't be any fuel available for their trucks to bring it to them. Not to mention they won't even be able to order what they need because they'll have no way of communicating. An attack on our electric grid would shut down our banks. That means if you got money in the bank, you would have to have some kind of papers. You'd have to have copies of the physical receipt, and that's why I print out my receipts. I get them electronically, but I print them out, and I encourage all of you to do the same. Because if the Internet goes down, and of course it goes down, the electric grid goes down, the banks aren't going to be able to access your account. They don't know what you've got in your account. The teller is not going to know if you have anything in an account. Unless the teller knows you personally, they may not even know that you have an account with that bank. Their availability of cash will be limited because they won't be able to order more cash from the Federal Reserve. Your credit cards will be absolutely useless. You won't be able to use credit or debit cards. You won't be able to write checks because nobody will know that the bank can honor them since that's all set up electronically also. So the only possible way for you to withdraw any cash is to have a paper printout of your recent bank statement. And then I can guarantee you that under the martial law that would be imposed in this type of situation, and Obama's chomping at the bit to impose martial law, you would be limited as to the amount of cash you could get because the banks are going to be limited as the amount of cash they have. So if you get $10,000 in a bank account, right now in Greece, if you get $10,000 in a bank account, you can only draw $67 out a day. And then you have to stand in long lines to do it. And that's where the ATM's functioning. There won't be any ATMs functioning if we lose our power grids. We're going to be looking at a total shutdown of our financial institutions. Take Greece as another example of what's happening. Right now they are running short of food because stores can't buy food because they can't get enough cash to buy food. They're running short of medicine for the same reason. People that are visiting Greece from this country are being told by the State Department to take plenty of cash with them and to take their own medicines with them because there may be a shortage. I think we're going to be looking in the next week or so at total chaos in Greece. I think you're going to start seeing riots in the streets. I think the European Union will not bail them out again. If they do, it's going to be a mistake on their part. I think Greece will be put out of the European Union, which means Greek money will be virtually valueless. So we're looking at a catastrophe. And this is with the electric grid still up in Greece. So what happens if they knock them out here in this country? Medical care will be scarce. Medicines will be scarce. People are going to die. You won't have any utilities. You won't be able to air condition your home or heat your home. So people are going to die during the summer with excessive heat. And they're going to die during the winter in excessive cold. 
if you have a fireplace in your home, you'll have a way to keep your home at least heated to a certain extent, at least one room, and to cook things. But that also means you have to have wood or you have to have coal. And that's going to be in short supply. Unless you live on a large ranch or a large farm where you have plenty of wood that you can cut down, of course, you'll be doing that manually. You can't rely on a chainsaw. You won't be able to get gas for it. So if you have wood available and can cut that wood down and split it so that you can use it in the fireplace, you may have a chance. But what about the people who live in the apartments all over the country, who live in the high-rise buildings? What happens to them? Let's take our first break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to America's Webradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. It's a scary scenario, and it's getting scarier by the day because we're getting more vulnerable every day. We're not doing what we need to do for security. I mean, let's face it. Look at the southern border. Look at the possible terrorists that are crossing our border. I mean, members of ISIS, members of al-Qaeda, drug cartels, coming across our southern border on a daily basis almost. We know they're here. And a lot of people are relieved, as I am, that we were not attacked on the 4th of July weekend. 
I suspected the possibility that we would be. But you have to understand that ISIS and al-Qaeda and your Islamic jihadists are very patient. They're not going to do it unless they think they're going to be successful. The lone wolf attacks in this country recently have been dismal failures. I mean, we had the Garland, Texas incident as a prime example where they were going to go in and kill a bunch of people that were at the Draw Mohammed uh, meeting, and one police officer took down both terrorists. So the lone wolf scenario is not that good. So I suspect that what ISIS is doing and what al-Qaeda is doing is they're looking for an opportunity. And believe me, Fourth of July weekend, they may not have launched any attacks, but they were out there checking things out looking at security, looking for holes in security. They will launch an attack. But we have to think about this, too, particularly in the case of ISIS. The people that run ISIS are fairly smart people. Yeah, they're crazy jihadists, but they are not dummies. They're looking at a situation right now where the President of the United States is not taking them seriously. Or if he's taking them seriously, he doesn't care what they they do. We're not launching effective attacks against them in Syria or in Iraq. We're not training the Iraqis or the Syrians to be effective against them. I mean, you know, Ashton Carter admitted yesterday in front of a I forget whether it's a House or Senate committee, that this big plan Obama has for training Syrians to fight ISIS, so far they are training 60 people. That's it. They were supposed to be training hundreds by now, if not thousands. 60 people. That's a little over a platoon of American soldiers. That they can't take on ISIS by themselves, and we're not going to put our boots on the ground, according to Obama, to do it. Our air campaign is a joke. Most of the airstrikes are being carried out by other members of the coalition, and there aren't that many, because our pilots are being told that they have to clear any bomb runs or any rocket attacks basically with the White House before they can do it. They have to get special permission. So at least half of the aircraft we send out on sorties, and we should be sending out about 240 sorties a day to be effective. We're actually averaging about three to five a day. Half of those aircraft are coming back never having used their ordinance, which is dangerous for the pilots, by the way, because when you go up in the air with loaded ordnance, and that's bombs or rockets, you don't want to have to land with those still intact, still not used, because if something happens on landing, you're dead. But over half our aircraft are having to return to base without having launched an attack on anything because they can't get clearance. They can't get approval from the White House, which is overseeing our entire military strategy or lack of strategy we have no strategy we have other chaos so ISIS doesn't fear us 
they know Obama's not out to hurt them. A lot of the strikes that we are making are not on ISIS personnel or not on their heavy equipment, most of which was captured from the Iraqis, but it was U.S. equipment originally. The strikes are being made a lot of them at night. They're hitting empty buildings. They're hitting empty pickup trucks parked without anything in them of strategic or tactical value. Obama basically didn't want to hurt anybody. So ISIS is looking at this and going, why at this point do we anger the American people with some strikes, particularly if they're not that successful, and get them to start clamoring for the president to actually do something? They've got the president of the United States in their corner. He is convincing the American people that we are perfectly safe, that ISIS is not a threat. The New York Times tells us that. ISIS is not a threat. Radical jihad, radical Islam is not a threat. The jihadists are not a threat. It's right-wing extremists that are a threat. It's veterans, military veterans, U.S. military veterans that are a threat. The editorial by the New York Times was probably one of the the worst they have ever done. And boy, they've done bad ones over the years. But this idea that they go start after 9-11 and say, this many Americans have been killed by jihadists since 9-11, and this many Americans have been killed by right-wing extremists. Now, they include right-wing extremists as people like the, the crazy... Holmes kid from the Aurora Theater. He was a he's a registered Democrat. He was a right wing extremist. The thing they don't include is they don't include the people killed on nine eleven. They don't include Americans killed abroad. The four Americans killed in Benghazi are not included in their statistics. It's a clear example of the Obama administration and their media minions doing what is necessary to protect Obama and to provide a false narrative to the people in this country. What about the killings by illegals? There have been 123 murders committed by illegals in this country in the past few months. Most of these have been committed by illegals who had been arrested, had been tried, had been convicted, and then were let go and not deported after they served their sentences, or were let go without even finishing their sentences, or were brought in by, allowed to come in and stay by Obama, even though some of them were known uh, members of gangs. I mean, what happened to the young lady in San Francisco was unbelievable. This guy had been deported five times. He was back in the country. ISIS supposedly had him in detention, was about to deport him again, and San Francisco wanted to charge him on an old drug charge. So ICE turned him over to San Francisco, the authorities there, and San Francisco authorities 
had a detainer. They ICE had put a detainer on him, which meant that the San Francisco authorities were legally bound under federal law to, once they were through with him, to turn him back over to the federal authorities for deportation. But San Francisco is a sanctuary city, as are 200 other cities in this country, like Houston, Texas, for example. So San Francisco doesn't comply with the federal law. Now, that is illegal. San Francisco is, in all those cities, legally required by federal law passed by Congress that uh, said that sanctuary cities could not exist. So San Francisco is legally bound to comply with that law and has refused to do it, and Congress has done nothing about this. Obama has basically told sanctuary cities they can do whatever they want. The Justice Department under him is not going to do anything to interfere with what they're doing. So this man is released. They don't even try him on the charges that they ask to get him for in the first place. They don't even put him on trial. They dismiss the charge and let him go. And he ends up killing an innocent person. And he ends up doing it with a rifle that apparently belonged, was registered to a federal agent. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative Remember the situation that occurred last year in the Bundy Ranch in Nevada where you had a SWAT team from the Bureau of Land Management surrounding this man's ranch because he refused to comply with Bureau of Land Management orders to remove his cattle from grazing land that he had been using for years and years. A SWAT team for the Bureau of Land Management. What does that tell you about the mindset of the federal government? So we have an illegal alien, convicted felon, deported five times back in this country, gets a stolen weapon, stolen from a federal agent, and uses it to kill an innocent young American. This morning I heard that, I believe it was in Tennessee, that we have a situation where another illegal alien who had been deported four times, we came back in this country just last year when Obama was allowed, started allowing everybody to come across the border, and he had a girlfriend, who apparently didn't want to be his girlfriend, he allegedly shot her and took her three-year-old baby and put the body of the young woman in a car along with a live three-year-old baby and then set fire to the car and burned them both. If the woman was not dead yet, she was burned to death. The baby was definitely burned to death. This is another of Obama's dreamers. This is another example of what's happening in this country under the Obama administration. 
Let's take another break. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. This is Georgia author Doug Dahlgren. Join me Fridays at 11 a.m. for a new show here on America's Web Radio. We call it the Prologue. I'll be introducing you to other writers you may not have heard of yet. That's Fridays at 11 a.m. here on America's Web Radio. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Another thing that's happened in the last couple of days, which I already knew about this, basically. I had heard about this, but now we have actual emails and documents confirming it. The IRS scandal. Now, the IRS, back as early as 2009, began targeting conservative political groups in this country. Uh, Tea Party groups, uh, Republican groups, uh, Jewish groups have supported Israel. Anybody who disagreed with the president and what he was doing, these groups were targeted. They applied for 501c3 status or 501c4 as nonprofits so they could raise money for what they were doing and have a tax-exempt status, and their applications were being held up for years, and they were being deliberately held up. We know that from what we know from Lois Lerner, not what she said, but what she did and what other people reported she did. They were being deliberately held up so that they could not be involved heavily in the 2010 election or the 2012 election, particularly the 2012 election. Thousands of American citizens were affected. They were denied their freedom of speech. Liberal groups, on the other hand, were fast-tracked, and even groups that were sort of non-political, like a foundation that Obama's brother from Kenya wanted to start, he got his approval within 30 days as a 501c4. Whereas there were groups here in Texas, for example, that had waited two years or more. Some of them have still not gotten approval. So when this started coming out, it became somewhat of a scandal for the Obama administration. And they were 
trying to cover it up, and Lois Lerner was basically got up and took the Fifth Amendment in front of Congress, and it came out that she was actually in charge of this, and a lot of what was happening came out. And Obama punished her, of course, like he punishes anybody in his administration who commits a crime. And he put her on administrative leave with full pay and benefits. And she sat on that for about a year or two, and then she formally retired with full benefits, retirement benefits. So nothing happened to her, nothing happened to the other people who were involved in this. But now we have found out Judicial Watch, which is a very important group out there that we work with, Judicial Watch specializes in Freedom of Information Act requests. And they went after the IRS and, of course, did not get responses to their initial request, so they ended up filing suit, which we have done in the past at the United States Justice Foundation. We did it in the VA case. got some very good information. But Judicial Watch, Watch wanted to know there was any truth to the rumors that Lois Lerner had met with officials of the Department of Justice under Eric Holder in order to try to prosecute conservative groups and individuals who were opposing the Obama administration. The prosecutor for what? Misusing their status by opposing the Obama administration. In other words, Lois Lerner, and we know this from the documents that Judicial Watch has gotten, Lois Lerner and other IRS officials were conspiring with Eric Holder's Department of Justice, and we believe also with the White House. Of course, Obama's in charge of the Department of Justice. He appointed Eric Holder. He's in charge of the IRS, for that matter. But they were conspiring to go after groups that were opposing Obama's reelection or opposed Obama on the issues. They were going to do this not by denying these groups their tax exempt status. Not just that. They were going to do it by criminally charging individuals with violating their tax exempt status, with talking about stuff that they were prohibited from talking about. I mean, where are the laws out there that prohibit me from talking about Obama. Where are the laws out there that prohibit me as executive director of the United States Justice Foundation from saying that what Obama's doing, a lot of what he's doing is unconstitutional and a violation of his oath of office? There are no laws out there that say well, that's illegal. The First Amendment specifically protects me when I do that sort of thing. Yet, the Justice Department and the IRS was going could prosecute could have prosecuted me, and probably would have. They would have come after David too. They would have come after hundreds of groups and thousands of individuals around the country, criminally charged. We know they wanted to do this. The scandal broke prematurely, and they weren't able to do it yet. But believe me, they would still like to do it. And they're still looking at ways to do it. And one of those ways they're going to be coming after individuals is going after them civilly and criminally for hate crimes, for use of hate speech, if you oppose gay marriage. 
They're setting up the same scenario they use in conservative political groups to now use on the churches and to use on individuals. And we had Senator Baldwin, the senior citizen or senator from Wisconsin, she comes out the other day, and this shows you how pitiful the Democrats are in this country, the liberals. She comes out and says the First Amendment freedom of religion provision does not apply to individuals. It only applies to religious institutions. does not apply to individuals. Remember, they were saying that about the Second Amendment for years. The Second Amendment didn't apply to individuals. And the Supreme Court ruled twice that it did. But they're still saying it doesn't apply to individuals. In Denton, Texas, they had the school board there put out a sheet, or a couple of sheets, for to help kids study about the Bill of Rights for an exam. And in there, they described the Second Amendment as protecting the right to keep and bear arms for members of an organized militia or the National Guard. It specifically says it does not apply to individuals. Now, was this done before the Supreme Court decisions? No. It was done after both of them had been made. Our children are not being taught the Constitution. And most... The majority of the people out there don't even know what's in the Constitution for the most part. But this is what's under assault. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion. I've written an article about they're coming for our guns. Well, they're not just coming for our guns. They're coming for all of our rights. Our Fifth Amendment right to due process. Our Fourth Amendment right to protect us from illegal searches and seizures. Our First Amendment rights to freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press. Freedom to peacefully assemble. To address our government for asking for redress of grievances. All of it's under attack. The Tenth Amendment to the Constitution was virtually, virtually wiped out by the recent Supreme Court decision regarding gay marriage. Absolutely no legal precedence for that decision whatsoever. Yet the Supreme Court made it. The Tenth Amendment says that if powers are not specifically granted to the federal government under the Constitution, those powers are reserved for the states and the individuals, respectively. That's what it says. That's what it means. The Supreme Court using this convoluted uh, doctrine they have of reinterpreting the Constitution to meet their political agenda found that the Tenth Amendment no longer exists. Basically erased it from the Constitution. And now the Obama administration is moving to do the same to all the other amendments, to all of our rights. And one of the areas where they are continuing an all-out attack is on our gun rights, our Second Amendment rights, and particularly with the veterans. Now, those of you that read my blog at 
www.michaelconnelly.com. Probably read last year about some Freedom of Information Act requests that we filed on behalf of veterans who are being told that because of their physical or mental disabilities, they're going to be declared incompetent to handle their own financial affairs, and once that happens, and they, they can, according to the federal government, they can be declared incompetent to handle their own financial affairs if they have their bills paid through an automated system at the bank. But they, once they're declared incompetent, they can no longer own, possess, transport, or purchase firearms or ammunition if they do their guilty of a felony. Now their families are being told that they can't own or possess or transport or purchase firearms or ammunition either because they live with somebody who's been declared incompetent. We have Senator Charles Grassley looking into the fact that veterans are being put on the NICS list, the National Instant Criminal Background Check list, as mentally defective to the point of being a danger to themselves or others without any adjudication, without any hearing, without any examination by a psychiatrist or psychologist just because they've been declared incompetent by the VA. Of the people on the NICS list that cannot legally purchase firearms in this country that fall under that category, Senator Grassley has determined that 99.3% of them are veterans. Our estimates are 200,000 veterans are on that list. Now we're about to have 40,000 more veterans thrown out there to be attacked because our, we're cutting our military. The Army's cutting 40,000 people out of the military, which I find very interesting because at the same time that they're cutting these proud Americans who have fought for our country, telling them, hit the road, Jack. You no longer have a job. You haven't been in long enough to get retired. So just go out there and go into the area, to the civilian economy where there's high unemployment and we're not going to take care of you. You're not an illegal. You're not going to be entitled to all kinds of free stuff. Uh, you're gone. At the same time that that's happening to members of our military, Obama is encouraging all branches of the military to recruit illegals to fill their ranks, to recruit illegals, people in this country who have already violated our laws. Why would he be doing that? Well, it's simple. They're not going to have any loyalty to the United States of America. They're not going to have any loyalty to our Constitution. They're going to be loyal to Barack Hussein Obama. And that's what he wants. He wants their loyalty. He wants the loyalty of the military to be directed to him, just as the Germans ended up having to direct their loyalty to the German soldiers to Adolf Hitler. If they weren't personally loyal to Hitler, they were purged from the military. That's exactly what's happening in this country. Let's go ahead and take our final break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. 
Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. But dealing with this veteran situation has been something that we've been doing at the United States Justice Foundation for several years now. And I've been making speeches all over the country about it and doing radio talk shows. And by the way, if you want me to make a speech in your club or organization, uh, just let me know. I'm going to go through David here at the radio station for the Speakers Bureau, and I'll be glad to come come speak. And uh, doing a lot of it here in Texas. But we have, in the last year, like I said on my blog, I put the new Freedom of Information Act request we had filed with four federal agencies. The ones we knew at that point were involved in basically taking away the Second and Fifth Amendment rights from our veterans. That includes the Department of Defense. We wanted to know why they were using independent contractors to go after not only veterans, but members of the military on active duty or in the National Guard or Reserve and trying to declare them incompetent. We wanted to know from the Department of Homeland Security why they were labeling all veterans as potential domestic terrorists simply because they were U.S. veterans. We wanted to know some additional stuff from the VA. Now, we'd already won a suit against the VA at that point when they refused to answer a Freedom of Information Act request. And we'd gotten a copy of a memorandum between the VA and the FBI, basically where they discuss how they're going to bypass the law and the Constitution and put veterans on the NICS list as mentally defective to the point of being a danger to themselves or others. Uh, This has been published by several news media outlets and is in the hands of the Senate Judiciary Committee staff right now. But we wanted to know from the VA how they were setting up the fiduciary program. Who were the fiduciaries who were being appointed? Because we've begun to believe that this is big business now, that a lot of these fiduciaries are, in fact, former VA employees who are making a good chunk of money because they get 5% of the monthly benefits of every veteran that they are appointed to represent. And that's for doing basically nothing but writing a couple of checks. So we wanted to know that from the VA. Then we wanted to know from the FBI specifically why they were putting these veterans on the NICS list without the legally required adjudication, which means a hearing of some kind in front of a judge or at least an administrative judge, without adjudication, process of any kind well we were basically ignored by department of homeland security 
They said, what list? We don't have any list. You go on the website and you read the list, but they don't have any list according to their responses. The VA basically told us they wouldn't respond. Department of Defense basically said the same thing. All the VA, the, the VA did ultimately send us, or actually the FBI sent us another copy of their of the document that we already had. But here's what, what's transpired in the last couple of weeks. We got another response to our Freedom of Information Act request from a federal agency that we did not know was involved in this actions against the veterans. We suspected there might be involvement, but we didn't know it until now. And I'm talking about the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. We get a letter from them basically saying that the this response to your Freedom of Information Act request made to the Federal Bureau of Investigation regarding information relating to military veterans on the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, the NICS list, who have been declared incompetent. While processing your request, FBI referred seven pages of records to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, the ATF, for disclosure, determination, and direct response to you. ATF has reviewed the seven pages that the FBI referred to ATF. We are withholding all seven pages in full, claiming they have an exemption, that this is ongoing developing information. We are withholding deliberative materials and records you requested under FOI exemption B-5, which permits the withholding of interagency or interagency memorandums or letters which would not be available by law to a party other than an agency in litigation with the agency. Exemption 5 protects advice, opinions, recommendations, pre-decisional discussion, and evaluative remarks that are part of the government decision-making process. And the letter goes on. But here's the question. What the heck are they talking about? We never knew that the ATF was involved in this. We knew they were making rules regarding civilian ownership of firearms. <laughs> They're basically telling us we're not going to release these documents to you because they contain information that we don't want you to have. Information about what? What are they doing to our veterans? What do these seven pages contain? What involvement does the ATF have? Obviously, they don't want us to know. If you recall, we had a, a very interesting situation when we first filed these through our, our media partner. There was a break-in at that office, and all of our original letters were stolen. All of our response cards showing these agencies had received these documents and signed for them had been stolen. The hard drive of the computers had been erased of all of the originals of these letters. So we couldn't prove that they'd ever received them. So we turned around and proved we could not be intimidated. We resent them. Now we're getting this letter from ATF, which we are going to appeal, by the way. And we're going to need some financial help in that appeal, because these appeals initially are administrative, but then they have to go to court, and that costs quite a bit of money. So if you want to donate to help us in this fight, 
go to usjf.net and you can make a donation or you, you can find out how to donate by check mailing a check or by donating over the internet but this is important for our veterans because what's happening here is that now you have not just four federal agencies going after our veterans but five what's the ATF doing what's their involvement they haven't even given us anything really to appeal from. They've just said, none of your business. We're not even going to tell you what these seven pages relate to. It's going to be hard to construct an appeal, an administrative appeal, but we have to do it before we can go to court. So I'm going to construct one, and I'm going to basically say what I'm saying to you right now, and that is, what the heck? You won't get released the documents, but at least we're... Tell us, in general, what the documents relate to. They relate directly to the incompetency situation with the VA? Do they relate to just the next list? What's your agency's involvement? Very scary, ladies and gentlemen. If you're a veteran and you have a problem with any of this going on in your life, we will represent you for free. Contact me at michael at usjfmail.net. <laughs> Excuse me, fighting allergies again today. Michael at usjfmail.net. If you have got one of these letters, even if you have appealed it, and you're waiting for the appeal to be determined, still contact us. We will give you some suggestions. As to what to include in your appeal, we will help you in any way that we can. And we're trying to raise the money. Again, folks, you can donate at usjf.net. Trying to raise the money to go after the federal government with a major lawsuit on this. Because we're, we've got dozens, scores of veterans around the country we're representing. Many more who are being extorted and intimidated by the VA saying if you appeal we're going to suspend the payment of your benefits which is extortion there are veterans that are afraid to do something and that you know these are people that fought for our country that put their lives on the line that showed no fear when they fought for our country that are now afraid that the very government that they fought for is going to take away their livelihood or take away their medical benefits. And by the way, have you seen on Fox News the, uh, the story about the young veteran who went to the VA to two separate clinics at least uh, to sign up to get some treatment and was told that the VA is no longer accepting new patients. So not only to the, can the, the veterans in, in the system that have been treated in the past <clears throat> can't get appointments for treatment, but new veterans coming out can't even get put in the system, all of which is illegal. <laughs> so go to my website at michaelconnelly.jigz.com. Read the articles I'm writing on there because I'm going to be doing one about this Freedom of Information Act situation. 
and donate to help support the website, donate to help support the United States Justice Foundation. Order copies of my books, order copies of my booklet on the Constitution. By the way, there's been a recent survey came out that well over a third of the people in this country do not have any idea what's in the First Amendment. A third of the people, over a third. And a majority of the people out there can't name all of the rights that are protected by the First Amendment. My booklet explains all of that, puts it out. So you can order that through www.constitution.jigsy.com or through michaelconnelly.jigsy.com. Please help us out here. Get people, people to listen to the show. Get them to read my blog. Get them to look at our website and see what we're doing on so many issues, constitutional issues around the country. And take care, be well, and be safe. And I'll talk to you again next week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.